Hello and welcome to the All About Valley podcast. This podcast is sponsored by KO Financial, specialists in mortgages and protecting your family's finances. Whether you're looking for the best mortgage for you or want to make sure you and your family aren't struggling if you're seriously ill or pass away, call KO Financial on 0141 447 0290 or email advice at ko-financial.co.uk. I will include this information in the show notes. So it's great to finally be doing this for you, man. Yes, I have been waiting. The body by Amy in mm, person. Yes, that's what people call me now. People don't, <laughs> people don't call me Amy anymore. They just they refer me to as body by Amy. How did you come up with the name? I honestly don't know. I think about this. Like when people ask me about um, how my business started, it was totally by accident. Like it was never intended to go with like this it I was I found um going to the gym a hobby helped me massively with mental health um I was in a really bad place and going to the gym was like a great thing for me and then I event I was in a job where I found it very stressful um didn't enjoy it as much so I thought if I could do fitness as a job I feel like my life would be complete so then I ended up going to the like the gym that I was at was tra- um, qualifying personal trainers, and then that's how I basically got into it. Like started as a fitness instructor, taking spin classes and things like that. Then eventually a PT, and then I don't even know what's happened since then. It's just been a total whirlwind. So it's like the best, the best thing that could have happened for me for sure. I feel that you've really grown quite quickly as well from the time I've fallen you yeah. to now. You've... So I think from like, I can never actually remember when I started. So I must be like three years into it now. I should actually know. Um, and I feel like going from starting in a small local gym to then going to running boot camps in a nightclub to then quickly going into having my own studio within a year. Um was out like I can't I still can't believe that that's happened to me to be honest it was rubbish in the sense that that the studio had to close three months before covid um but I feel like so much has happened for me through covid positively um obviously there's a lot of negative things as well but it's helped me grow as a person I feel and I've been able to definitely take the positives out of global pandemic that we're in just now yeah that's i mean that's kind of the same thing with me as mm-hmm. well just the idea of before b- before the pandemic started i would never have imagined doing this so no. it's funny how everything just sort yeah, of yeah everything happens for a reason i do feel that like personally and uh I, things lots of big things happened for me throughout covid um working with Gymshark, like pfft, could never imagine that in a million years I would have ever had a chance to do that. So, and I feel like if the pandemic didn't happen, I would probably never have had that opportunity mm-hmm. um, because it all happened online. Obviously, everyone's businesses moved online, including my own, um, which was difficult uh, because I'm a people person. I find yeah. technology very difficult. <laughs> I'm rubbish at it. Um, so having to try and create that community feel through a screen was quite difficult um but I'm hoping that people did feel like that feel like they were like in a gym almost 
Yeah. When I was doing it. Well, you can see that everyone that does your classes really seem to enjoy it. They yeah. seem to be really into it. Like, there was actually somebody in here yesterday talking to Paul. Uh, mm-hmm. that was going, that she was going to one of your classes. Ah. And we were just saying how you were coming in there. So was, oh, that's amazing. It's weird how, it's weird how small world. I know. Classes. I know. And it is a very, um, it is a very small world. There's so many people that, as I said at the start, people just refer to me as... <laughs> Are you going to body by Amy? And I'm like, oh, I can't, I still can't get used to that, that people call me that. Like, even my friends call me it now. Don't call me Amy, just body by Amy. Like, yeah. Um, so, you spoke about some really cool things that have happened to you that mm-hmm. has been awesome to see. Mm-hmm. But it's like, so your whole gym has been ad- adapted for uh, sign language. Yes, yeah. Now, I know your parents and stuff like that, obviously, but it's, I'd rather it come for you than me. I, I, I'm, I always end up... Try to tell someone else a story, and I'm like, they tell it better than me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I've just told you I'm so rubbish at telling stories. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you know, but if there's one story that's good, easy to tell, it's your own. Your own, for sure. yeah, you're right, you're yeah. right. Um, so basically, I both my parents are profoundly deaf. Um, so I grew up with my first language being sign language, um, at British sign language, and. It was, if I'm being honest, from a very young age, something I was probably not ashamed, but I was embarrassed about. Uh, kids are cruel, like I can, as you can imagine, like yeah. people. I feel you. Yeah, it's <laughs> and it's not nice, and I feel like I really, really came into myself. Primary school, if my mum came to pick me up at school, I would never communicate with her. Even at in secondary school, I was probably a lot worse. Like parents' night and stuff like that. If um, an interpreter would come along with my mum or my dad, um, everyone would automatically stare. Obviously, it's something different. Nobody's seen it before. Um, so I find that really, really difficult, and I feel like it affected me massively going through um, school, like out, coming out of school, relationships. I wouldn't tell anyone. Um, so I found that really, really difficult, but, uh, something just changed, like, and I'm, I'm annoyed at myself that I never embraced it more, like, when I was younger, Mm. because I feel like I could have really helped change things, but that's my goal now, um, I would never want children to feel how I felt at school, being embarrassed, you should never be embarrassed, um, it's quite cool that you can do sign language. Everyone always says to me, how do you do it? Like, teach me swear words. Um, <laughs> that's the definite question that everyone always asks me. Teach me a swear word. And I'm like, I don't know any. My mum and dad won't teach me them. But um, I do feel like I've been very lucky, um, which is not something I would have thought when I was younger, uh, to have this platform now where I can show it, I can post sign language hopefully get people to start learning it um and really try and raise awareness for the deaf community that's my goal right now it's really cool because it's like what you're saying about the whole thing is is is, is most people that have anyone with disability in the family can can relate to that yeah of course and actually being somebody in a wheelchair you're like everything's pretty much spot on there yeah yeah (laughs) so it's you know but like What's interesting to me is you're not, so you don't actually have any disability, but you're no. you're very vocal and supporting everybody like that. And that's what stood out to me is that, see, the more I've been doing this podcast, mm-hmm. at first I was like, we need to, as a group, you know, because like in terms of when you look at every other fight, so to speak, for equality, yep. it's, it comes from that, that group themselves. Yeah. 
So in my in my head, I'm thinking, well, disabled people need to rally, you know, yeah. together. Uh-huh. Because we are the largest minority in the world. Mm-hmm. That, that is a fact. Mm-hmm. In despite being the least represented. But there's a guy I had on called Adam Pearson, right? Mm-hmm. And he was talking about uh, he was saying how the value in disabled like the value of disability is like more than USC and WWE and all that combined. Some wow. trillion dollars or something. And it made me think like you've obviously been able to tap into that really effectively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But why do you think that that hasn't been used more? And also as somebody that's actually doing it successfully, mm-hmm. do you think there's more like what we what else would you like to see Jim's be doing? Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure why it's not been done before now. So if I like so how it started was when I was in the nightclub um teaching my dad um, they've got a lighting system and um, I remember he was in the gym training and I started playing with the lights and I was like oh like I could communicate if he was at the other side of the room I could be like red stop green go so that's how it, that's how it came about yeah. so simple really cool. so simple though like yeah. how yeah. has that not came about before like it's mind-blowing to me mm-hmm. yeah. and that could be like installed in gyms for deaf people uh, to be included in classes like why is that not a thing I, can, I don't know it's something that's so simple that could be a, like it's an easy definitely easy thing to put into a gym like I put it into my studio before it, we had to close um to run classes for deaf people so it's difficult in the sense that you, you still want to create the atmosphere and things like that and you want to make sure that people you need to be visual to everyone so Mm -hmm. if I'm signing everyone needs to be able to see me like communicating with them so they can all see and then the lighting system is like obviously I've got it in the corner of the room but if it can be put in above the ceiling and it's just an automatic it turns the room red or turns the room green I don't see why that can't be done for people especially with how important exercise is for mental health and I know firsthand like how isolating it is for a deaf person mm-hmm. to be yeah. not be able to communicate and n- like just be stuck at home like and not feel like they can go to the gym because there's a communication barrier because they don't feel they're like represented enough or anything like that that's the simple things that could be put into a gym to make them feel more welcome because it's almost like one thing i noticed is i think it's absolutely amazing what you're doing mm-hmm. but the but the, the level of coverage that you've got for it, it almost shows that it's not normal. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like, how so- do we normalise this more? Yeah. And and it's amazing how we're living in such a world that's full of the push for equality, and yet it's so... It's not happening anywhere. Not, um, like, I don't... It's, it confuses me because... But this is this was my whole point. Was my whole point to it was that you with doing this, I, I thought so... Originally, I thought, disabled people need to push but mm-hmm. then as i go on i see that you know we're actually we're, we're being pretty loud there's a lot of people that are doing a lot of amazing things that, yeah. are, that are trying to be heard and, and and make you know have us in the discussion yep but it's it seems to be that that nobody's really paying attention yeah and so do you think that it's more able-bodied people that need to actually be the ones that that listen to the mm-hmm. same people more do you know what i mean it's I like, feel like yeah yeah they probably do and like there's only i mean i'll shout about it until i die like and <laughs> yeah. like I, I i need to i need to do it because i 
my like see when I like watch the news things that went out and the press articles and stuff and how proud it made my mum and dad like they were like somebody's like speaking up for us and they probably would never have expected it to be me because at school like as I said when I was at school and things like that I wouldn't ever communicate with them in public so now that I'm actually on the news signing my mum and dad are like what has happened here but I'm so glad that I'm that person that can start it and I just want it to be a case for every disability like Mm -hmm. everyone needs to be more inclusive like start it's frustrating like it is so frustrating for me like that nobody is doing enough like we all need to play a part in helping everyone well look how much you've done just by doing just by doing the kind of right moves and, and pushing the right message it's not as it's not as difficult as it appears, you know. No, it's not at people all. People seem to be making out as if it's like a impossible thing. But you mentioned how you kind of had this sort of change about the whole thing, mm-hmm. and I spoke about the change I had for like being in a wheelchair. And how when you're talking about at school, I had a very negative opinion about the whole thing, and yep. I would never have thought about doing anything really yeah. like this. Mm-hmm. Like try to look at it in a positive way. It's weird. Yeah. But I had like specific times that I can remember being like changing in my head for certain reasons it was mm-hmm. a was a like was it like a moment that you were like actually i want to start embracing this more or was it just like a gradual thing do you know what it was my partner like he i didn't tell him for like six months that my parents were deaf didn't tell him like i never mentioned it right. and then one day it was forced upon me because uh we were going on holiday and he hadn't met my parents yet so i had to tell him and he was so like, all right, like, why have you not told me this before? And I was like, because I feel like it's such a big deal. And as I said before, it was something I was like embarrassed about. Um, and he just made it so normal. And like, he was almost like really proud. Like, so he helped me become more accepting of it and... To be honest, yeah, he's the person that definitely made me push it, like start signing more, start being more open, telling people, yeah, my parents are deaf because, you know, like I've been in situations where people are mimicking deaf people and I'm sitting there and I don't say anything. Like that was years ago before anyone knew. And I would, it would honestly, I can't explain to you the feeling that I would get. I'd feel sick, like that people are mimicking disabilities and stuff like that in front of me. Obviously, you shouldn't be doing that anyway. But yeah. me sitting there not saying anything, I would break my heart. Like, And now people are obviously very, very aware. Like, And I would stop anyone that would do that like now. I, yeah. I, I have that confidence to do that now. But if that's these are, these are things that I would go through. Like, um, like from school right through to very recently um people would do that in front of me and I to be honest like when when I eventually shared it with my partner he understood but he was also the person that was like to me you need to start being more vocal about this and that's how I got that's how the change happened that's that's amazing it just shows you get the right partner yeah yeah big support system as well like yeah People need to, like, if you've got the right support system, the right friends, the right partner, family, like, it can make such a difference um, to your life, really. 
definitely. I think the, this particular time has showed that as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Because in terms of your talking about mental health and stuff, like, mm-hmm. how did you actually get into the gym to be with? Like, start working out and things like that. Um. So the it came from when I was on holiday. I was on a holiday, but I was really, really, really depressed. And I came home and instantly got signed off work and put on medication. Um, and I was in a really, really dark place. Um, and I started going to the gym and I really, like every time I left the gym, I was so happy. Like uh, mm-hmm. these endorphins and I felt great and I wanted to change my lifestyle be- like for the better. I wanted to eat better. I just felt good. So then the more I was going, it was f- mainly for my mental health. And it's still to this day, as it still keeps me sane. Like, yeah. my, you can tell when I've trained and when I've not trained. Like, <laughs> my partner will say, like, you've not trained today. Like, because my mood is so different. So it's, it that, for me, is what training is important for, is mental health, which is why I'm very vocal about that as well. It's really interesting because, see, doing this challenge that we're talking about. Yeah. And so I'm doing so doing like forty k a day, right? You 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 come you come out and you feel so chilled out. Yeah. Like nothing can bother you. Nobody's going to piss you off. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. <laughs> so true. I mean? It's like such a weird feeling. But of just beforehand. Like, yeah. Before you do it, people can piss you off. Before I'm like on the way there, I'm getting annoyed at everything. everything. Yeah, yeah, that, that is like, me. <laughs> that yeah. is me. That is exactly. It's, it's funny how like amazing it can make you feel. Like yeah. That. Like, yeah. Because obviously I had this, I get the same sort of feeling from when I first went in the gym. But I do think that, like, do you know? I think that some there's, there's this, there's too much of an idea. Like when I first went into the gym, for example, mm-hmm. it, I did feel good and it, and it was start to help me become more able, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. But I still had like a lot of deep rooted issues, and even though I would feel like a buzz for the gym, yeah. I was still very like insecure and mm-hmm, things like that. Mm-hmm. Is there like a danger that there's a lot of PTs and stuff that are that are, that are almost trying to like I've seen I've just seen a lot of people trying to talk talk to talk to their clients like they're a mental health professional. Yeah, and it's there's a fine line there. Yeah, I mean? there is. You obviously like need to go to the right source for yeah. any like mental health issues. Um, I just, when I'm speaking, I'm speaking from experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And it's like a personal, like, it would never be me advising them to do this, this and this. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying, you know, personally, when I was going through a really bad time, moving, going outside for a walk, I would walk everywhere. I still do to this day. I don't drive, I walk everywhere. Probably me not driving is a pain for so many people. (laughs) They're like, why do you not drive? And I'm just like, I love walking. Like... Um, so uh, just to get moving like outside going to the gym doing yoga doing like you know there's so many things that you can do yeah. that can help you like help with your mental health your physical health everything I, I guess that's kind of the difference between mental health and mental illness in mm-hmm. a way mm-hmm. although I'm not I don't necessarily think I'm qualified to say that but I mean yeah. the sense of like it does it helps you kind of get into the right sort of zone of what you're trying to do and then and then from there you can you can start to reach into what your deeper issues are yeah like going back to what you're saying about how you felt how you just feel great doing it um that is real but mm-hmm. but what i'm saying is and what we're saying about like personal experiences and stuff that that's one thing but there's like there definitely seems to be like because mental health has became this kind of 
it's almost became a fad thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it seems like PTs are jumping on it a wee bit. And yeah. Like, if you come and work out with me, I'll, I'll cure your mental health yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of a dangerous thing. Um, I know. Have you ever had to deal with that where you're like, where you've had to be like, know where where to refer somebody or, or have to be like, I don't, I'm not really, I don't want to give you the wrong advice but on this. Yeah. Um, I'd say there's been a few times where I've been deeply concerned about somebody um, out with my, like, there, I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So from there, that's when I'd be like, you need to go and speak to someone. Um, I would never, ever go out of my kind of boundaries. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. I'm a personal trainer. Um, like, but that that's that's where my professional line, like, stops but then for me to be personally like I could speak like all like all my clients I see them as my friend and mm. I would love for, and if there is ever anything that they would want to talk about I'd always always welcome that like that's yeah. what I was like personal trainers are almost like you've got your therapy sessions as well in there like <laughs> people but I love that I'm such a people person and I I want people to be able that feel comfortable enough to come and yeah. speak to me um, but if it ever got to a stage where it was like, I don't know what to do here, I would always say, you know, you need to go and speak to someone professionally or, um, but I would never go out my realms of like advising them to do something that I wouldn't be 100% comfortable advising them to do. Yeah, no, I mean, because like in terms of personal trainers, you always want to have, you always want to be around a personal trainer that you think is like, Good to be around anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you and, and everyday athlete, all the trainers there are also like very just big personalities. Yeah. You're, you're kind of you're kind of drawn to them. Yeah. You know what I mean, so oh, yeah. I totally understand that there's like that side of it. And it's just, it was just something that I've seen while I was kind of researching here that I've just seen a lot of tweets and stuff on social media recently about people talking about it and, and, talking about personal chairs and, and how, I mean, like, the whole thing about trying to kind of overstep the line when it comes to actually giving advice where you're, like, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, well, that's a bit, you know, it's one thing to to be a good PT and uh, be approachable and have a good personality and, and be able to talk to them. But it's another thing to say, like, I can I can help help you with your suicidal thoughts and yeah, things like that. That's yeah. a totally different no, it totally is. Different and you need to be careful with what you're saying, obviously. Yeah. Um, like, we can only say so much, but anyone that I ever come into contact with that I'm worried about, I wouldn't ever, I would never go anywhere and I wouldn't speak to anyone about it without their permission, but I would always say to them, you know, this is probably the route you should go down. And I'm always there to advise, like, from my personal, like, opinion. Yeah. Um, because of what I've gone through, but I wouldn't ever be like, "This is your diagnosis." Here, here, here. But I wouldn't. I would yeah. just never do that. Because sometimes that is what people want the most is just to be able to relate to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more yeah. just. Oh, you feel that as well. That's yeah. That means I'm not. You as... need to be relatable as a personal trainer. You need yeah. to be. You're. You're. You. The clients that you train need to be comfortable around you and need to know that you're not judging them. Um, you're going to help them. Um. And they don't feel uncomfortable around you in any way. So that's why I am so honest with everything. Like I post on social media about like, you know, having anxiety 
which again people might think is a bit of a I don't know cop out maybe because I think it was never really spoke about much until very recently um a lot of people use the word like I'm really anxious I've got anxiety and stuff like that and I think a lot of people judge them for that um from what I have seen but it is something that people actually have it's a it is an issue and yeah. and people need to be more sensitive to that topic I feel yeah, so you so you actually struggle with anxiety? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm a very anxious person. Very anxious. You, you, and you don't I'm, seem like it at all. I, I think when I'm talking about things like this, like I'm passionate about, I don't, yeah. I, w- I probably don't come across that. Like, but honestly, the, I'll go to bed every night worrying about everything. Like, I'm <laughs> a stressy person. Um, I get like, I'm, uh, to be fair, my, my anxiety has definitely gotten better from three years ago before I started fitness mm-hmm. but like anyone you do go to bed with your worries and am I doing the right thing is my business gonna fail um you know there's so many things I think about I think that also because of the whole situation you, they've had more with COVID and stuff the business side of things you're like what am I gonna do how am I gonna yeah. so I can imagine that would be quite stressful but just in the sense of a lot of people you know, we just talked about speaking about things you're passionate about. I'm very much the same where if I'm talking about something like this, it doesn't feel, I don't feel too stressed about it. But yeah. if, if you ask me about something I don't know anything about, I'm yeah. like, eh, uh, yeah. give me a second. Yeah, that's me. That's <laughs> you know, exactly yeah. me. I think, like, if you're passionate about something, you want to talk about it, you want people to hear your thoughts on it, mm-hmm. like, you're more comfortable speaking about it. But when it, as you said, when it comes to something that you don't really know anything about or don't have an opinion on and people ask you questions and yeah like you're like mm, I don't know that is me all the time so see when you're saying about how like going to the gym helped your mental health and mm-hmm. help, helped you feel better mm-hmm. and stuff what was the bit like in terms of when you're when you're going in before it and you're kind of cranky and then you don't work it you feel good what's the most effective workout to clear your head and your for you like hip training or, mm. or bench so or? like I started off um when I would go to the gym, I feel like before I qualified or anything, I would try and do strength training and not really have a clue what I was doing. And I think that's a problem a lot of people have. Girls especially going into the gym, scared to approach the weights area. I hear this so much and I'm like, no wonder. You've got, I mean, I've gone to gyms where there's guys flinging weights about and and it's intimidating. Like, it's very intimidating. That's why when I opened my studio, I really wanted it to be a place where it's not intimidating people girls are comfortable coming it's open for guys and girls but um I wanted it to be a place where they don't feel that intimidation of anyone um if you're struggling with anything you can come and ask me there's not any judgment there um so I think when I first started it was like I would just go on the treadmill and I would just run and just be like and I would do a few bodyweight exercises here and there but as I've grown um through this journey strength training I love I love workouts everyday athlete do they're a great team to be training with um and I feel really privileged that I can train with them um because when you get to go and train with personal trainers and people that you don't that are so far ahead of you in the industry like you know I've only been qualified three four years and they've obviously been in it much longer you're learning from them as well that's what I loved like they would I would go in and they would correct my technique they would be like do it this way and they're so helpful 
So going to a gym where there's people that are you're comfortable around as well is very important. I've gone, I've rambled right on, but the the workouts that I do think are good for me are your weight training. Um, kind of, I love getting a sweat on as well. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't do full hit sessions now, purely down to the fact that I've got my knee injury. But um, I love all types of training to be honest. Like as long as I'm getting a sweat on, I'm I'm coming at the gym and I feel much better. That's what um, Scott Blitz said as well. He's a he's a CrossFit athlete, and he mm-hmm. was talking about how all you, all you're really aiming for is to break a sweat. That yeah. that will make you feel better. better. Yeah, and it's true. Like that that for the longest time was something I struggled with. With was, um, I was actually really insecure because I sweat a lot. I'm mm-hmm. one of those like I'm one of those heavy sweaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me too. <laughs> I sweat a lot now, <laughs> especially when you're like. Just starting up as well, and you're like just going in, and after like a few minutes, you're sweating. Yeah, who's looking at me? But that's the thing. I feel like I used to be like that. Who's looking at me? Oh my god, I can't believe I've got sweat patches. But there, I mm-hmm. honestly couldn't care less. I think it's yeah. like a good thing. Shows you're working hard. Well, that's. I mean, it's got to be the objective, isn't it? You've got to go in the gym to work hard. Yeah. If you're not doing that, then what's the point? What's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, but you were talking about the injury there, and maybe you can give me some advice on this because. Mm-hmm. I'm in a lot of pain right now. Mm. <laughs> so, so with this challenge that I've been doing, right? Yep. What it is, is a thousand, 1,000k in the month of April, so this month right now, and it's for, it's for mental health charities through the Celtic Foundation, because mm. I knew somebody that people keep asking me, is this a football thing? Is this a football? It's not a football thing, they're totally, like, they're a totally separate thing to, yeah. to Celtic, and I keep trying to make that point, because... Yeah. You know, Rangers fans listen to this, I know, so yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, aye, so I went through them and they're going to give it to uh, all these mental health charities and the goal was to raise a thousand pounds for the a thousand K. But in order to do this, and I'm having to do like 40K a day. And I think I, I went into it really meatheadedly. Like I was like, I can just, I'm going to just power through this. Yeah, yeah. Power through this. And then by like day three, I was like, to pause. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. No, yeah. <laughs> it's insane. I, I don't know how you're doing it. Um, it. Well, see, that's the thing is, I, what I've been doing through lockdown is just using a hand mic. Mm-hmm. So I started doing 10 keys and then that was going well. So I started doing 20 keys and, and then I was like, I'm actually doing 20 keys. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I could say to them, I can do something crazy. And I was like, I, mean, I remember me and Paul sat down and we were like, what what challenge should I say that we could do? Because I got in contact with them and they were like, I'm, we're really up for this, let's do it. And I said, right, so I'll, I'll get back to you on what exactly it should be. And we were like, and he, I think, what was it? The comparison was the the, the whole of Britain, the British Isles to forgetting the... The actual name, what was it? What was it? Land's End. Land's End, right? So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, that's like 970 or something like that. And he was like, well, if, right you may as well just do a thousand then, you know what I mean? Oh my God. <laughs> so, I so, this is me, man, but I, basically, <laughs> I, I'm, my, like, legs and, and, because I don't usually, the point of me saying the handbag because on the handbag I'm in the chair, Mm-hmm. So like my back and my legs are kind of protected, but on the first day of this, the handbag broke. 
No. <laughs> what are I, the chances? I swear to God, I swear to God. I you broke that on purpose. I could not, I could not believe it. I couldn't believe it. I was almost in tears. Oh, <laughs> no. Because I realised as, as, as soon as it broke, I realised what, what that meant and what that means is yeah, yeah. I've been I've been um, using a ski in the rural everyday athlete for the past few days and I've been in there for like hours on end <laughs> for like it's been they'll tell you I've been there all day like, I, I don't know how, I honestly like hats off to you because <laughs> I couldn't do that I don't have the, stam- the stamina to do long distance like people that run marathons and stuff like that I'm like I wish I wish I could do it but long distance for me I don't I just don't have it in me I haven't tried but I know I don't have it I know I don't have it in me I know I don't have it in me you definitely would have it in you for no. sure Honestly. I think this means that everyone that listens to this should tell Amy that she needs to do no, no no please don't please don't I have honestly been trying to run like recently to be fair I shouldn't be running um I've got like a meniscus tear in my knee and I've had it for years and I was supposed to get surgery on it, never did. Tried to build up a uh, strength in it and I'd, I'd, and it keeps locking. So running for me is bad, but I that's one thing that I do love the feeling after running. I love yeah. that feeling. The most I can run is 4K. Well, you should definitely get that new check out then for sure. Like, I know, I know, I know. It's, well, right I'm now, sure everybody says that to you, but it's Yeah, like, I don't. They're like, you, shouldn't, you need to be careful because my knee locks like... Um, in lockdown funnily enough uh, like last year and it, it's horrific the pain is horrific I'm in mm. crutches it's strapped up um, but then when I get when it gets better I go oh it's fine again so I'm just like waiting for it to lock so that's why I know that I can't do running but I do it anyway and that is the wrong advice for anyone do not do it if you've got an injury do not run If you, especially on your knees if you do not run I'm going to have to stop doing that now <laughs> do you because everyone knows now you can't sit the back I know, you I, know. Be like, you I, should, I know but that's something I ha- have to be like as much as it like pains me I'm, I know I need to not run long distance ish anyway 4k is long distance for me it's funny because I've heard that from a lot of PTs that are like they'll give the best advice and then they'll be like I don't even take that take advice take it yourself I know, <laughs> you know it's, it's like it, it is no I know it is it's like warming up you're like making sure all your clients warm up and then when it gets to you you're like ugh and you just go straight into it it's terrible you should never do that especially that. I mean that sounds like that's not a good situation no, you're going to end up needing one of these at one point yeah, <laughs> and honestly my knee is my boat like people will be sick of you I feel like an old grumpy woman but it is very, very painful and um, I do need to take care of it. And especially because I would hate for it to be a case of it would affect my job. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't do my job anymore because I've done so much damage to it. So, yeah, I now feel like I've, you're going to make me commit to doing like the ski machine long distance or something. And mm-hmm. that is petrifying to me. That is <laughs> Got to happen. No, then. it's got to happen. No, I done th- I've done thirty k today. Like, I don't. Know, I honestly, that, like, I honestly, I'm well done. But like, see, before this started, right? I, I don't think I was entirely aware of what I was taking on here. Signing up for. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought in my head, I was like, I can if I can do twenty k day, I can do forty k day. It can't be that much of a difference. Well, I mean, I I knew there was a difference, but it was like part of me was like, if I'm handling this so far, mm-hmm. can't be that much of a jump. Really? What, just double the amount of distance? <laughs> that's all. That's what I'm saying. That's how meat-headed I was about it. I was 
pure like I can just do anything, man. And mm-hmm. then because the whole the whole thing about this podcast is, I feel like people kind of look at you and assume that you can't do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do something that was so ridiculous yeah. that that barely barely wrong. anyone could do it. Yeah. And How long did it take you? I, I, well, today I was in from like ten till like right before this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, so, and, and obviously take breaks. Yeah, yeah, but that was a pro. That was how I remember actually after the first day, I done I done forty k, and I kind of was just bashing it out because mm-hmm. I, I would do a ten k and I would take like a sip of water and for five minutes or something. And be like, I'm just going to bash this out, and it was fine for like, the first couple of days because my body was like used to me doing that. Yeah, and but, then it hits you. Yeah, uh, because I was I was still eating the same amount of food. Mm-hmm. So I remember like. Actually, meeting because I, I keep referencing Paul because he's he's the guy that's been seeing yeah my whole through yeah, yeah, this. Yeah. But I went to see him one day and I was like, "Mate, I've only done like twenty k a day. I don't know if I can do this." And he, and everyone was just like, everyone at EDA was like, "You need to eat more food. You have to eat more yes. food. Like today, yes. get more food." Because the problem I had this issue where my goal has always been to. This is like the most I've talked in, in this podcast. I just <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, exactly. That's you're bringing the that's best. That's about good. Um, but yeah, so now I don't even know what I was saying. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You're talking about food. Yeah. So there was like I when I started when I started eating, eating more regularly and taking pasta with me and stuff, it became more manageable. But what I realised is that there's like this barrier that you need to go through. And my whole thing with not wanting to eat food was the idea that all my fitness goals have always been like wanting to slim down. Yeah. Because I've got one of those pure just dad buds that doesn't go away. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Dad buds are in. I look, I look, at, I look at a chocolate bar and gain 10 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just one of those types of bodies where I'm just like, in, in, in my head, I was like, if I do 40k a day and I still eat the same, I'm going to be ripped. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, will never, it will never work. It won't work. You just burn through your muscle. That's, that's all that happens. You just burn through the muscle. It's so like... it's funny you say that. Only recently. So I was the same as you. Like, you, and I think everyone does think this. You're tra- you're if you're training and you're eating less calories, then you're kind of like, well, I should be shredded, obviously. But so I was maybe sticking to like fifteen hundred calories, training like mad, and my body shape was not changing, and I couldn't understand it until I started upping my calories. So right now is the most I've ever eaten and it's probably the most toned I've ever been. So, and I had a really, really bad relationship with food. So I would have a, like I would go through stages of binging, um, which was was awful because I felt crap within myself, but I was constantly thinking about food and it's because I was depriving myself of it. And I think a lot of people go through that where they think, if I eat less food, like my fitness pal just automatically tells you to eat 1200 calories, which is all my clients, what they would say when they come, I'm eating 1200 calories, my fitness pal told me to do it. No, like absolutely not. And I was one of those people as well though. Like I would stick to 1200. I I now do not know how I survived a day having 1200 calories because I love food so much. Like I love it. And the fact now that you can build up to have a better relationship with food personally, um, Using food as fuel, not like a, oh, I ate, for example, last night, I had cookies, like, before I went to work, and I was like, and 
normally I would be like, well, I need to train that off. Now I'm like, like that. That's feel, I'm feeling my body from a workout. So that's what that's how people need to look at food as fuel. Yeah, but do you think that comes from like that actual the whole diet culture thing? Yeah, and like because that was where my thing came from. It was Mm -hmm. like you're looking at how people are eating, and you're going, "Well, this is what this is what you're supposed to be doing." Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel what you're saying though because I'm experiencing that now, and I'm like, well. That all goes back to having a bad relationship with food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think, is that really because when you're depriving yourself of food, your kind of body goes into survival mode almost? Or yeah. The idea of like, you're not, it's not, the metabolism isn't going because you're not eating. Yeah. You know. It's crazy and I feel like it's something I'm still learning. Like, uh, because it is weird. It's literally only recently that I have upped my calories mm-hmm. um, to like 2000 plus. And that would be something that would petrify me before because I was like, well, if I eat that amount, I'm going to get really fat. Yeah. Even though I'm still training and stuff. But the ener- my energy levels were so low, I couldn't be bothered training. And it was like, you're you're training all these other people, you're taking all these classes. And then when it came to my own training, I couldn't be bothered doing it. So then I felt like a fraud because I was like, yeah. well, I can't even train myself. So how? It's a total cycle thing. And I'd, that's where... I've probably grown over the whole pandemic is like having to really look at myself and be like, I needed to sort myself out. I needed to have a better relationship with food. I needed to really work on myself to help with my mental health. I needed to work on making sure I prioritized training for myself because if I wasn't training myself, I was not a great, not a nice person. Like put it that way, (laughs) I was very moody. Um, I couldn't be bothered with anyone. So going into this, the gyms and things opening back up now I'm very much looking forward to having basically structuring and that I train myself because it's the only way people are going to like my clients will get the best out of me as if like I'm looking after myself it's a really good point and it's actually something I've been thinking about a lot recently this whole idea that you either totally helping everyone else or you're all about yourself so there's no in between there's no in between yeah especially like on social media and things Mm -hmm. like that you can't have it's the idea that you can't be like both of them and you have to be because like you say, you can't help others if you can't help yourself. Exactly. And that was something that, is that something that you had to um, go through and be like, I've, I've, I'm putting too much time at other people and yeah. not actually looking at what yeah. I'm doing? Yeah. Because it's, it's the exact same thing that happened with me. It's like, I was just saying yes to everyone. Like, mm-hmm. they like my days were so long and by the time I would get home I couldn't even be bothered having dinner and it was a case of I needed to stop saying I need to stop saying yes I'm so I was such a yes person didn't want to disappoint anyone didn't want to let anyone down um but at the same time I was miserable I was like all I was I felt like all I was doing was waking up going to work doing all my clients all my classes coming home going to bed, waking up, doing it all over again. And I felt like there was no in between. I couldn't. And that is that is a hard thing for like probably PTs is like finding a balance of being able to socialise. I still struggle with it now, like trying to balance out, going out for that meal with your pals and not kind of stressing about it the next day. It's something that like has been a constant battle in my head. Like, oh, really shouldn't have had those drinks last night. But I had a good time, so why, like, why am I, what, why am I getting so worked up about it? Yeah, you're human. Like, you need to, like, what would be the point in life if you couldn't enjoy it? Like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, because this is actually 
I think that that is the whole point of in that is something that people are really struggle with the idea that you can just not it doesn't have to be a big not everything needs to be this big yeah huge thing yeah the idea that if you have a cookie you've ruined your week yeah you know, it's, it's yeah totally, you know, like, uh, there's a someone said to me it was like you like if you crashed your car into like a wall like once and like chipped something you wouldn't repeatedly keep crashing into it to ruin the car so like having your cookie isn't doesn't mean your whole week's ruined and that you should just start binge eating everything because you've ruined it you haven't like yeah so it's get it's kind of trying to i think everyone will struggle with that at some point in their lives but it's getting into a good having a good relationship with food is the most important thing um i know so many people like close friends and um myself obviously included uh like having that bad relationship with food and using it as an emotional thing as opposed to like fuel so get having a good relationship with food having good uh, a good training plan and also having your rest days rest days are so important again something i would never ever do like i think you'd have to train every single day no like i, I now take two to three rest days a week and it does make such a difference because your energy like your body isn't like designed for you to be pushing it to its absolute limits every day so yeah. it's taking your rest days that are important as well. That must be really hard though for somebody that's you know gets such a benefit. Out of the yeah, gym. yeah. No, it is. That's that's where I struggle. Is like, okay, I'm have I feel a bit crap today, but I know that I shouldn't train because my body needs to rest. So then it's trying to find other kind of things that you enjoy that are good for mental health as well. You know, like yeah. going going and socializing with your pals or. I don't know. I don't even. I, don't, I mean, do I enjoy anything else? <laughs> I actually don't know. I do. I love hanging out with my friends. I love food, and I love training. Like that is literally my life. I so, want to find another hobby, though. I do need to find another hobby. Do you know what your not other hobby could be? What marathons? No, <laughs> I just told Marathon, you I can't run. Marathons, is, marathons, is <laughs> on the ski machine. No, I'll I know it's coming. I know it's coming. I'll wait. No, we'll see what else. you've had so much practice, though. No, you would definitely win mine, though. My, my body's in bits. No, <laughs> like, honestly, see, so is mine. To be fair, I'm very, very sore. That's another thing. Like stretching after your workouts and stuff. Like I really push that on my clients, but I don't really do it myself. Yeah. So I need to get back into. And that's another thing. Yoga. I keep saying I'm going to start it, and I never do it. Do you do you ever do like cheat meals? Like you have, you have like, like Um I used to call them cheat meals. Now it's like get a grip. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. and it just needs to be a nice meal that you enjoy with pals or whatever. Um so I mm, I wouldn't say it's a cheat meal. I would just be like it would be a normal meal that I would have that wouldn't be I wouldn't be counting the calories. Yeah. Um, can't even think what I would have now. But me even saying that, see, even me saying cheat me right, it shows like see like the actual <laughs> culture of just of just how food is like this forbidden thing. Exactly. That's what uh-huh. that's what I mean. Like that's what I've been trying to work on is it probably is reading through social and things like that that your cheat meal like on a Saturday night, but you need to work you need to work for it. Like you're, no, like that's and that is how I was, how I was for so long. And now it's a case of I shouldn't be like that because I beat myself up about it. You should allow yourself to have these like meals that you want to have if they don't, if they make you feel good. And it's a, it's a case of balancing out social situations with 
your day-to-day life of training and accountability structure um so it's stepping away from forbidding food like cheap meals and things like that you shouldn't you shouldn't use food emotionally like that yeah. well because i feel like it all comes back to the idea of how you see yourself mm-hmm. yeah yeah when you're talking about having a drink and then you were like you were feeling bad about it but then you were like i enjoyed it yeah I enjoyed that night. yeah so it's the whole idea of how you're actually processing how you feel about yourself yeah and you've obviously came through a lot and been able to say like I, i'm i'm in a good place mentally yeah but like i think when it comes to that sort of thing people seem to think that there's no way that like that will always be the case they can't trust themselves yeah. to dabble here or there how do you how do you balance it like what is it and specifically you have to do if you go out and like go on a night for example and uh, obviously we've not done that in a while but, yeah yeah um but like if you had a few drinks or you had a you had a big meal is there like a part of your routine in the next week where you go well, i'm gonna i'm gonna smash it here and here for this um so like to be honest i would rather eat my calories than drink them like i say yeah. that to my friends like all the time they're like just have a drink i'm like oh but i'd rather have the bag of mini eggs like <laughs> that honestly i love chocolate for yeah. example i'm obsessed yeah. with chocolate and i always said that to my clients chocolate was in my diet every day because if I, as soon as i like would be like i'm not having that i would start craving it but and then i would eventually get to a stage where i'd binge it and i would just sit and open boxes of easter eggs and sit and eat them and then i would feel even worse about myself but if i'm allowing myself to have in my calories every day a chocolate bar then there's no need for me to be binging it at the weekend yeah um so i wouldn't say that there's a like i wouldn't go oh i need to work a bit harder maybe that day i would maybe hold back i would maybe not restrict these are words that i need to stop using like words like restrict and stuff because like that's where i would end up with a bad relationship with food but things like i would maybe not have breakfast because i know that night i'm probably going to overindulge so just to make myself like not go over my calories massively i would just hold back a little bit like on certain meals that day or to be honest i'm now trying to get into a place where i would still have my meals and have my do you know what you call like have that social meal with my friends and then get back to normal the next day like just go back to doing yeah. what i was doing because you you can't like live your live your life like that i'm saying this but this is something that i struggle with so it's like i have to also learn how to mm-hmm. manage the expectations of myself like i, I need to i'm a wee bit too hard on myself because I wouldn't be saying this. The way I treat myself is not how I would treat my clients. So it's yeah. about how you see yourself. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because I think that is a really common issue right now. Mm-hmm. I've had it. Loads of people are, are really struggling with it. And like, you're talking about how important socialising is for you. But yeah. has that been something that you had to struggle with through lockdown? The idea that you couldn't even really, we couldn't really see anybody. Like, I mean, you know. Yeah. Was, that was sort of taken away from you for a bit. Yeah. I, so like. In the sense of like doing classes and um, like being a people person in that sense, but I am quite like if I was offered a night in, a night in or a night out, I would rather a night in. <laughs> like I like a night in watching films or just being with your pals. Like, but that that five years ago would be a different story. I would rather a night out, get getting drunk with your pals and just having a good night. 
but now I just like I'm such a home I love being at home being <laughs> comfy with my dog and yeah most people call me a granny now that's literally what my nickname is but that's the gym the gym shows you I feel like that's, yeah. that's what it is like, yeah I think you're so constant the whole week and then you get to like Saturday Sunday and you're like Ugh, I just want to like not have to leave the house <laughs> yeah be a yeah. hermit for a bit um, no, that's because I, I had the problem when I was always chasing a buzz. I feel like, like yeah, I'd come at the gym buzzing, and then I'd be like, "When's the next Wait, so I can get yeah, another buzz?" Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it's like you're constantly having to battle that with yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, like I worked at a nightclub for four years, four or five years, and I was out every single weekend. So I feel like I've oh, done man. it. I've yeah, done it, yeah, yeah. but I loved it at the time. Like it was, it was such a buzz. Like after work, you'd go in and you'd be with your friends. But that's not my lifestyle anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, that's not what I enjoy. So what I enjoy is like chilling out at home with the dog, watching a film, having chocolate. You know, and as opposed to a night out, which might seem boring to some people, but that is. No, I totally agree. What what movie are you watching? Oh, right, I absolutely I I don't like horror films. Right. Not because I'm scared. N- neither me neither. What? Why? Why would you put yourself through that? I don't well, get yeah, it. my friend is like, we'll, we'll sit and she'll be like, let's watch a horror film. I'm like, what? <laughs> like why? Why? I, I want to watch something that's going to make me laugh. I feel like right now, especially with how crap everything is, I, like I always put on a film that has Melissa McCarthy in it because I just love her. I think she makes me laugh so much. Like whenever I'm in the house. My partner's like, I suppose we're watching a film with Melissa McCarthy today. And I'm like, yep. Doesn't matter if I've seen it 30 times or watching it. Because she makes me laugh. And I feel better when I watch it. See, that's, at least that, because it's got like a specific thing that makes you feel and you and you get something out of it. Mm-hmm. But has, I, I'm so glad you said that about horror movies. I felt like this a whole life. No, like, I don't get it. What is the deal with that? I get why people want to sit and scare themselves. Shit, like chill out a horror film. Who, yeah. do, who does that? Who does that? I know. I don't get it. I like. I have been to the cinema and watched a horror film before, and just been like, like I'm sitting there with like my jumper over my eyes the full time, and I'm like, I, why am I putting myself through this? Like waiting for somebody to scare me. So I'd rather watch like a happy film. Exactly. Well, because I'm like naturally quite jumpy anyway. Mm. The whole cerebral palsy thing that kind of does that to you. Yeah. So like, see, and I used to think it was like a really like in school, I became so anxious about stuff that I would be like in the classroom sitting like this, and the weirdest thing. Like, you get afraid. I would just be like, oh. Yeah, yeah. So it became like this thing that, that happened in school where everybody would just become more aware of it. So, yeah. So when it came to watching a horror movie, I was like, absolutely no, no way. Nah. No way. There was, it's actually been like dates that I've not went on because I was like, I'm not watching all of them. It's not putting yourself through that pain. I was like, I was like, oh, you seem nice, but it's not going to work. I'm no. so sorry. <laughs> um, it was never a good um, look. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, that was that was a, like I feel like that's the first time I've talked about movies in this. So mm-hmm. there's a different. Yeah, time. no, I do. I, I like to be. Oh, another thing is though, when I put a film on, I'm asleep within two minutes. If I'm lying in the couch watching a oh. film, I will not make it through. I'm always asleep. Do you think that's because like you're always on, so you're actually finally switching off, and then it's like you're just done. Yeah, Come maybe. Like, my friends are always like, we were about to start. I can't even remember. Uh, oh, the name of the programme's gone out of my head. And I, I think, I don't even think the opening credits were finished. And I was asleep on the couch. And they were like, how does she do it? How did, like, and it's so loud as well. And I just sleep right through it. 
That's mad. I like, mm. Although I feel like I feel like I've heard that from a few people. Yeah, like, I don't have a good attention span either. So see, see where we're say, actually where we're talking. About this, I feel like I've not actually watched a full movie in like ages. Yeah, I me neither. I'm talking about like, how much I love movies, and we're like, I know. Most of the <laughs> never make it through a full one. I never ever do ever. I see because it's like. I think it's just not as as fun anymore. But this people are going to be like people that listen to this podcast are going to be like, "What the hell is he talking about? He never talks about like, <laughs> movies." Where, where's, where's, the, where's the disability mental health? I suppose that, like um, that it's a as something that makes you relax. Like getting because we're talking about nights in. Like mm. I would like to sit and watch. I say I like to sit and watch a film. It chills me out because I fall asleep. So I had that with a uh, well. <laughs> this is going. I don't know why I'm going to say this, but. <laughs> you know that movie, so you know how the Grinch with, yeah. with Jim Kit, Jim Carrey. I, I honestly couldn't watch it. I can't watch I hate, it. <laughs> I, hate any films I still can't watch Carrey it. I still it. can't watch it. Oh really? That's mad. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just Jim Carrey. I was still happy on the podcast or whatever. <laughs> Please do not be listening to this. <laughs> why? Why? What's don't wrong? Know. Don't know. That's so surprising to me. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I just the mask. No, I d- just. I don't know. I can't go. I, I'm Fair. sorry, but I can't is go. He, is he, is he one of the, I suppose he's got one of those personalities that you either love it or hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. It was like one of those movies that, for some reason, it just terrifies everything about it. I find really creepy. Yeah, it's a creepy film when you think about it. Very creepy. Yeah, and it just purely. I remember actually, we we're like in the sixth year of high school or something. I had to leave the room. I was like, Shut I'm not, up! I'm not watching a this. Christmas film. I was like. <laughs> I was like, but they didn't, they didn't know. I was like, I was, I was acting pure fine about it. I was like, I'm just going to go to the toilet. Didn't come back for the full movie. No like, way. Where'd you go? I was like, oh, sorry, the wheelchair. <laughs> I, was, I used to say that on the team. I was like, oh, the wheelchair just stopped working. And oh I, my god. And then we'd be like, oh, the wheelchair stopped working. This time. Was, <laughs> that was your excuse. This is this is all coming out now. You're like, I know. People, people, people are them out, are you? Uh, people are going to be like, what you you did that? I was like, oh, no. you're going to get called out soon. I know. I hope one of my teachers doesn't know what's happening. Imagine that. Like, I heard you on that podcast talking about how you were leaving the classes. Um, no, but I feel like we went right off topic oh, there. I know. Right I know. off topic there. Just a combo though, isn't it? Exactly. That is the whole point of it. But I, uh, so, going back to what we were talking about. So, we like to, we we, we like to have nights in. We've established that. Yep. But in terms of like what we were talking about when we were going way back to where the, the gym and the, uh, including like more disabilities and stuff. Yeah. What do you think uh, you could be like? So, in terms of you've obviously adapted it for having sign language and lights, which is really cool. Yep. Is there, is in terms of other disabilities like myself? I'm obviously my my go to is obviously the fact the wheelchair. So, like mm-hmm. in terms of access, do you think? So it's like my, like for example, my gym's one floor, so yeah, you wouldn't have to like worry about going upstairs or anything like that, but. Like, if somebody in the wheelchair came to your gym, right, mm-hmm. what would be your first thing that you would be thinking, like, in terms of, like, assessing them, what mm-hmm. they can do? Because it is varied. Because I'm sort of in this weird ground where people are surprised. I come up, I just jump off the chair and start doing stuff and they're yeah. like, what? But, yeah. you know, it's not always like that. So, like, how do you how do you actually, how do you think, well, how, how am I phrasing this? What would be your first thing that you would go about doing in that scenario, do you think? So... Things like the ski machine, mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. definitely be incorporating that in for a sweat. And then weights and things like that as well. So it would obviously, 
I imagine be up just predominantly upper body. Yeah. Um. So dumbbells, kettlebells, band work. Um. Make and make it, obviously each person's different and depends what their goals are. Yeah. Um. But making sure they're comfortable for a start. Um. But it would be I think in those circumstances it would be predominantly weights. Um, ski machine, row machine. I don't have a rower yet, though. I need to get that. There's there's like a specific type of row you can get where the, the thing comes off. Ah, because the way that I use it isn't obviously I don't I don't, yeah. I don't sit on it. So they take you can take like half of it off, and I'm on the chair and I'm just doing this. That's like I didn't know that. Uh, but there's only there's like a specific type of row machine. Apparently. Right. Okay. Because uh, some of them don't do that, so. Uh, I'm sure that EDA guys would, would tell you. Yeah, no, I'll ask them about it because, yeah, I think obviously I have concentrated so much on it being adaptable for um, deaf people, but it needs to be more adaptable for kind yeah, of more disabilities. I mean, and by the way, I have a lot of like playing like different sports. I know a lot of people, I have a lot of friends that are deaf, and, and when I seen you doing that, I was like, this is exactly what. I mean, this is yeah. really cool because. That's what breaks through when somebody that's not got a disability is, is, is pointing things out. Yeah. And, and people, you know, I'm not, it shouldn't be like this, but people do listen more when you're not disabled. No, it shouldn't <laughs> be like that. But maybe I feel like it's because you're, like you said, like the thing that I had done with the classes and stuff no one had seen before, which is why it maybe got so much press. But also me speaking from personal experience, like with my parents, um... I've seen what they've gone through as deaf people. So being able to open it and make it more relatable for other deaf people as well is important. But I feel like, as you said, able-bodied people need to be more outspoken about it because you've got your small-minded people that are... What's the word I'm looking for? Excellent. Yeah, yes, uh-huh there's so many of those people and it oh, baffles me like I don't understand how people can be like that so we need people like unfortunately it has to be able it doesn't have to be but able-bodied people maybe people will listen more because they're like well they're why are they speaking about this why are they being yeah. so outspoken about this which is exactly why I had to do it because like I said to my mum and dad like I wanted to be a voice for the de- like the deaf community because they're, nobody's nobody's helping them nobody's speaking mm-hmm. about it so that was my job I felt as a coda child of deaf deaf, deaf adult um, to be more outspoken about it yeah I, I mean it's like it's so cool I, could, I, can't, I really can't credit you enough for it because I was so excited when I seen it because you just don't see many people doing yeah. something like that yeah. and it's like we're, we're, all, we're all at the door screaming about it and then you open it, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's uh-huh. essentially what it's like. People just need to be a bit more aware, I think. For and sure. I, I think that's what I'm obviously trying to push as gyms try and, not try, should be more accountable, have more accessibility for every disability. Um and make it a welcoming place because they're intimidating enough as it is. So I can't imagine going into a gym with a disability and feeling even more out of place 
than like for example everyone on their first day of going to the gym feels uncomfortable like yeah it's a scary experience so having that having the disability and feeling like out of place shouldn't be a thing Mm -hmm. personally i don't think it should be and uh, like that's why people need to be more make it more accessible and not have people coming and being scared of going because of disabilities yeah i mean that was something that like when i first went to the gym it was it was as if you come in and they all just everybody just start looking at you yeah, like yeah i would be doing a workout and literally i remember turning around and then a bunch of people just turn back as i turn around yeah it's weird, yeah. the weirdest thing but and, like th- that's when you should be like i'm doing something that people obviously haven't seen before yeah and you should be proud of it no, definitely, and, and like that's what the whole thing is. Like, we'd actually once you once you kind of get past what, the way that you we talked about, like the difficulties of how you're actually dealing with, like what you've had to deal with and what I've had to, to deal with. Once you're able to see it, yeah, for for the way it should be seen, yeah, then you start going, man, this is actually quite messed up. Yeah, how this is all yeah. playing out, and then um, giving a voice to something that's uh, is should be spoken a bit more so totally that's exactly what you're doing it kind of flew in isn't yeah right? i'm, pre- I'm quite happy with how fast that went because sometimes sometimes you're like sometimes you get to like the 20 minute mark and you're like well, we spoke about everything yeah and that's it done yeah Where that was go? rapid it was um but i guess i i normally i like to finish off by just saying like as a in terms of what you're doing now and what you've managed to achieve through this short space of time. Mm-hmm. Where do you see it going from here? Have you got goals in your head? Um, like that was always a question that I'd, I feel like I struggle to answer because I feel like the past three years, I don't even know how I've got to this stage with no goals in place either. So my goals are like to obviously make sure that more gyms are more accessible People maybe being a bit more aware of disabilities and, for example, like people learning basic sign language would be a good start for the deaf community um, because of the communication barrier. Um, I feel like if you could, I can't explain to you how much it makes like my mum and dad's day when they go to the shop and someone can just sign thank you or anything like that it make it makes such a difference to their day so having less of a communication barrier um so that's what i would love for gyms to do um for personal goals i've got no idea like i feel like i'm just waiting for the everything to go back to normal um i would obviously love to be able to do more work with gymshark and um do more work to raise awareness um but apart from that, I don't know. Maybe open a bigger gym. You actually got a... Did you not get the classes of the year? Yeah, that came as a shock. Like, I didn't expect that. That I was crying on the phone to the woman. She must have been like, <laughs> why is she so upset? But I wasn't expecting it. Someone had put me forward for it. And the woman called me to tell me I'd been shortlisted, but then went on to tell me that uh, I'd won it. Um, and I don't know. They can't, I couldn't believe it. I was... Totally taken aback by it, yeah. We're completely deserved anyway. Thank you, thank you. And I know this is your first podcast. So yes. I feel quite honoured. Yes. You've chosen me. No, I had to. And I had to. I respect everything that you do. Thank you. I mean, it, your whole story fits in exactly to what the podcast is Yeah, about, so totally. 
I really appreciate it and thank, thank you for the time. Thank you. Thank you for having me.